Welcome back to another episode of the Urology Care Podcast. Dr. Brian Stork, a urologist from Muskegon, Michigan, is our guest on the program today. Dr. Stork, welcome. Hey, thanks, Casey. I love listening to these podcasts, and it's great to be on one myself. Today's topic is priapism, and I'm just going to kick off the show by asking, what is priapism, Dr. Stork? Well, priapism is an erection of um, an unusual length of time. Uh, you know, oftentimes we think about erections as something uh, pleasurable, both for a uh, man and um, for their partner. But uh, priapisms are erections that don't necessarily go away after ejaculation and can be uh, painful and actually threatening um, to the health of the penis and to the individual if they go on long enough. How common is this? It is not uncommon. Um, in our profession as urologists, I don't know that I can quote you an exact number, but um, I would say that I see someone with a priapism in the emergency room uh, maybe once every two months. So interesting. You mentioned emergency room. Does that mean that when this condition happens, it is an emergency? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, priapism is caused by blood that's trapped inside the penis. There's different types of priapism, but one of the most common types of priapism called ischemic priapism is an emergency. And usually we instruct patients to head to the emergency room after four hours, four plus hours of sustained erection. Usually patients are heading there on their own just because of the discomfort involved, but but that's not always the case. So for the most part, the general thought on this is that about after four hours, it's time to be either calling urologist or heading to the emergency room. You mentioned that there are different types of priapism. Can you talk about a different type of priapism? Yeah, so um, occasionally uh, men will suffer uh, trauma to the pelvis, and that trauma can cause disruptions in blood flow um, such that uh, arteries that normally feed uh, other parts of the body are all of a sudden um, diverting blood into the penis. That's called a non-ischemic uh, priapism, or sometimes called a high-flow priapism. And that type of priapism um, generally doesn't result in as much discomfort or pain as the other type of priapism that I discussed. And the management for that is a little bit different. But either way, you're going to want to be evaluated in the emergency room so that we can take a look at it, make a determination as to what treatment's best for you. Now, I want to know what causes priapism. Well, so I guess you kind of have to think about the anatomy of the penis. It's kind of a hydraulic organ, if you will. Wow, I've never um, thought about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, it's it's powered by fluid, and in this case, blood. Uh, what happens in the natural state, of course, there is some blood flow to the penis. But when there's um, some type of stimuli or exciting um, event in a man's life, a combination of um, blood flow through the vessels, relaxation of the um, smooth muscle around the blood vessels, and nerve impulses allow blood to flow into the penis. It's that kind of hydraulic action. As the blood flows into the penis, the uh, veins inside the penis actually swell and start to put pressure on the arteries that are feeding the penis. So blood flow kind of slows down after the penis becomes completely erect. And then after orgasm or a normal length of erection, those venous channels open up and the blood drains out. So in the case of a priapism, depending on whether you're having a non-ischemic or an ischemic type of priapism, there's there's two different um, potential problems. As we say in medicine, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. 
And uh, that's certainly true even for erections. So in a um, ischemic type of priapism, the blood flow is going into the penis, but for whatever reason, it's not able to escape or leave the penis. With a non-ischemic type of priapism, there's blood flow going into the penis uh, continuously, uh, usually as a result of some type of um, injury to the pelvic floor or um, tissues around the penis. How is priapism treated, generally speaking? Yeah, so there are a number of different ways to approach it. Generally, when a patient will call us, when we're on call, we'll advise them to essentially put some ice on it, to try to um, get some compression on that area, to try to get a little bit of ice, not, not on the skin, but just cool that area around the tissues to see if we can get a little bit of constriction of the blood flow into the penis. Now, that in itself doesn't always work, but it does provide some temporary relief on the way to the emergency room. Once in the emergency room, we'll do an evaluation, and typically the treatment involves placing needles into the actual penis itself. If you think of the penis as a clock, we like to avoid that 12 o'clock area where the nerves run and that 6 o'clock area where the urine comes out, And we place those needles at about 3 o'clock and about 9 o'clock to drain that old deoxygenated blood out of the penis. Sometimes we have to irrigate uh, the blood out of the penis. Sometimes there are some medications that we have to inject right into the penis itself. And on rare occasion, we even have to take patients to the operating room to help drain the blood out of the penis and prevent it from coming back. Now, are there some sort of numbing agents that are used? Is the patient under some sort of anesthetic? How does that work? Yeah, I know. It's kind of frightening to think about. So um, try not to visualize it too much. But okay. uh, yes, we do use uh, lidocaine uh, medicines like the dentist would use um, as we're injecting into the penis. Generally, before we start in the emergency room, we'll give some type of uh, sedation or IV pain medication. One, because patients are in pain from the priapism itself. Two, they're anxious um, about the condition that they have and about the potential treatment that we're about to do. And then three, there is some initial uh, discomfort from placing the needles. But I have to tell you that patients feel much better usually very quickly once those needles go into place and that deoxygenated blood um, starts flowing out of the penis. So I just want to talk about sexual health issues in general, such as this one. A lot of people are not comfortable generally discussing these issues out in the open, or sometimes maybe they're not even comfortable discussing them directly with their healthcare provider who really needs to hear about this stuff. Can you just shed some advice on us about, you know, why is it so important to talk about these sexual health issues so openly? Well, that's a really good question, and one I think I can relate to personally. I have a son who's in high school right now, and he's in the midst of his health class. And I guess as a father, I'm having the opportunity to see, from his point of view, how difficult it is to have these conversations. I think um, some of it's natural. I think some of it's the society in which we live. But having open, honest discussions about your health as a man, your sexuality, how things change as you grow, some of the things that can go wrong um, with your reproductive parts is a really uh, challenging discussion. It's an important discussion, obviously. It's important to be just open and honest about it. I'm a urologist. We, we like to have fun. We like to uh, use humor whenever we can to kind of help people with that kind of anxiety um, or um, shyness, maybe for lack of a better term, uh, when we're having these discussions. 
But an issue like priapism uh, is important because it can cause uh, erectile dysfunction if the blood's trapped in the penis long enough. So it's important uh, to bring this matter um, to the attention of a medical professional and get medical advice. Some of the causes of priapism, um, one in particular, such as cocaine use or sometimes marijuana use, has been associated with this. Sometimes it's hard uh, for patients to talk to their providers because they've been using uh, drugs illegally. And, you know, we're here to help you. We're not here to judge you. So it's important, regardless of the cause of the priapism, to get medical attention and really protect your own health and the health of those who love you. That's very well said, Dr. Stork. And I thank you for speaking candidly to us this afternoon. And I'll I'll just ask if you have any more final thoughts before we wrap up today's interview, and I'll, I'll let you have the final word. Well, I will say that one of the biggest causes of priapism is sickle cell disease. So this is particularly important uh, for young black men. I think it's difficult for uh, young men in general to talk about reproductive health problems that they may have. And I don't know that uh, young black men uh, with sickle cell disease may be aware that they could potentially be at risk for priapism over the course of their lifetime. So I think it's really important that young men are aware of this, um, that, that again, that they're not uh, bashful when they have uh, symptoms and that uh, they seek medical attention, really, as soon as they sense that something's going wrong. Well, thank you again, Dr. Stork. You've just been an outstanding advocate for reliable patient education over the years, and I just want to thank you again for for coming on today. Again, that's my guest, Dr. Brian Stork, a urologist up in western Michigan. This podcast has been brought to you by the Urology Care Foundation, the official foundation of the American Urological Association. For more information on today's topic and for all things urology health, visit urologyhealth.org.